We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and honestly, it's been too long because today I welcome back to the show Naveed Molagai. But in my defense, Naveed, you're a busy man, and I'm really glad you found some time to talk all things Barca B and La Masia with me today. First time, it's good to be back. Again, it's been a while since we heard Naveed, but the good news is that when you're dealing with teenagers and younger players, they can only do so much growth in one year or two years or however long it's been since Naveed came back. In truth, though, they do improve exponentially, and some players improve quicker than others, and some improve slower than others. So we do have today to talk about some redemption stories, some diamonds in the rough, some players that we may not have been as high on the last time we spoke again. I think it was about a year and a half, two years ago. But I think before we begin to talk about any players, especially with Barcelona B, which is where we begin, we have to talk about the man in charge, and that's Garcia Pimienta. I know you're a big fan of his. It, it, it goes without saying, but... When it comes to the injuries, when it comes to the call-ups, when it comes to the success that they had getting all the way to the semifinal of the promotion playoffs, Naveed, Garcia Pimienta, I think it's about as perfect a season as you could possibly get, right? I mean, if you were giving him a grade of 1 to 100, it'd be a, what, about 92, 93? Yeah, yeah, about that. Uh, like, kind of, yeah, uh, 90, 95 maybe, um, because honestly, it's, it, I mean, it's impossible to even... Um, like say it's his fault that they didn't go through because his his top scorer and um, an absolutely best player against Murcia, uh, Rayman I, he was the one who was supposed to score the last penalty to um, to to kick them in the final um, to get them into the final and and he didn't so it's like he he could he couldn't possibly have done more um, and and yeah as you say like especially with Especially with uh, with the promotions of uh, of some of his, at least one of his key players for for, for almost the entire season, and um, and as well all the injuries. Um, mm-hmm. Like Barsabi is incredibly injury played actually, like on a regular basis. Um, the fact that this was his first game of the season where he didn't field, where he didn't have a a registered under-19 player in yeah. the lineup. Um, I mean, yeah, he's he's been he's he's done an incredible job with with making everything work again, and, and not just like in terms of performance, 
Like, but but the fact that we see uh, every single player getting a chance with the first team, he performs basically, and that's because he's been trained and like like he's gone through a very meticulous system of training and 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 playing yeah, so that that they can reach that top level uh, that is needed for them when they when they have to take the step from Segunda B to yeah whether it be it Copa del Rey or La Liga or Champions League. Yeah, to add some context to what you were saying. Conrad de la Fuente was called up to the first team bench for most of the first half of the season or the fall. And Conrad has even spoken out and said that being in between the two teams and not really playing, just traveling with the first team wasn't great for him. And now we've seen even more recently, he's been banging in goals finally that he's getting regular games again, six goals on the season. So I think Conrad did put his season back on track. The other one that was lost for the call-up was Ilas Mariba, who was called up in the spring, obviously. And I don't need to tell anyone who listens to this show regularly about Ilas Mariba. We get into him a lot. But yeah, the injury crisis that you alluded to as well. I have the full list here. It's Santi Ramos Mingo, Igor Gomez, the poor right-back spot, which was snake-bitten all season, Andres Solano, Sergio Rosanas, an even-converted midfielder turned right-back, Alvaro Sanz, and then Alejandro Balde, who we'll talk about later. Again, don't <laughs> we're not going to do Balde just yet. And then Oro Busquets, Hondra Oriana for some... Ferran Cercenetis, Lucas de Vega, Gustavo Mai, Hiroki Abe, and Niels Mortimer. All of those players all missed multiple games in a row. So we're not just talking one match out or one match or whatever. That's all multiple matches in a row where Garcia Pimienta knew they wouldn't have them for multiple weeks in a row at, at this point in the season. So yeah, that's the injury crisis you mentioned. And you also mentioned the fact that in recent seasons with Barca B, there's been better veterans now this year than in previous years. Ray Minaj, as much as he did miss that penalty, he has 14 goals on the year to lead the line as the reference points at number nine. Mateus Porella, after basically being lost in the wilderness the last year and a half or even with Juventus, he's kind of been found as a player. He's, he's been fine. And then Roger Riera was brought in and just kind of helped solidify an injury play back line. Okay, so that's all the stuff we had to get into with the details because now we're going to start talking about the players. Nico Gonzalez, I think, would be the standout player, and I think he'll be the cover art. He'll be the reason I think people tune into this podcast. And the player that he once was, so I don't think it's crazy to say that no player in the academy has seen his or her her stock rise as much as Nico's in the last eight months. From being the son of friend Gonzalez to being a promising box-to-box midfielder with a, a bit of attacking flair in him, physically now he looks different. I've seen I've I've seen it reported he's 83 kilos now, which is 182 pounds but still quite nimble, but also a change of position to the pivot. And now he's being whispered as a potential star with a capital S, a star. And I, that's pretty remarkable stuff, right? I mean, do you, I, I'm not even asking you to argue whether or not you think he's like the highest riser, but I mean, what have you seen just been the change in the last six, 16 months or even four months with him? Yeah, I was having, I was having, uh, I was having some discussions with, with other people who follow the youth teams, uh, like like two years ago, maybe one and a half year ago, uh, two and a half years ago, maybe even, um, and we we pretty much agreed on uh, on Nico Gonzalez. We we were certain that he had lots of potential, uh, technically extremely gifted, uh, also a very very smart player. I mean, he's been known as a very 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 brainy kid, um, but we were all pretty worried about his uh, physique. And I actually saw it firsthand um, against Tottenham in the, in the Youth League uh, at the Minya Stadi in, in, in 20, 2018 in the group stages where he was just absolutely run over by the physically... Actually, he was also run over in the, in the first game that they played in 
in London, which I didn't see live, but I saw live at, at the media study where he, he was just absolutely run over by these physical, uh, physically trained, uh, well-trained uh, English midfielders. Uh, and he just looked heavy and like he was just all, he was just out of place. Um, and he was also, he also got a lot of, uh, a lot of stick from, from the coach, uh, Dennis Silva. Of course, that was, that was a special year for him. He was, uh, he was, he had jumped straight from candidate to, to Hunel A. Mm-hmm. So, so physically, like physically, it was very dif- different from him, for him. And of course, being thrown out there against these 18, 19 year olds, uh, like physical beasts as this 16 year old cadet player, it's of course, extremely difficult. And, 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 and it wouldn't be like a reason to judge him like negatively, but, but we saw throughout that season that, that he had a lot of, potential um but that he, he should work on his physique a lot and that he should get get in much better shape and that we saw we already saw a glimpse of it last season where he he, he stayed he, he stayed with uh, and, and and did pretty well uh, actually did did, did, did did good um and 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 yeah so this was his first uh, b season and he started a bit uh, he started a bit on the bench um, was used as a central midfielder. Uh, Handro was 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 playing that pivot, and he was in great shape. Handro was yeah. by far the best Barca B player in the, like in the first months of the season before he started getting a lot of. Um, and 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 yeah, Nico was Nico was playing, and he was very good. I mean, there was no doubt that he had that he had grown a lot throughout the throughout the summer, uh, and he was and 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 he was even playing at right back. Because they had so yeah. many, they had so many, they had so many injuries at right back. So he's, he even played right back for two or three games, I think, where he was also very good. So, so right from the start of the season, he was very promising. Um, some people, some people even dared to like be a bit edgy and, and be like, uh, when when Elias was getting more and more call ups of the first team, people were like, some people were like, arguably as well, uh, they they said that um, that Nico had actually been playing better than Elias. This season, and, and but he just continued uh, as soon as Elijah went up and and uh, and Handro uh, got injured. Nico Nico just immediately became the most important midfield player, and and he was moved back to to central defensive midfield to to, to the pivot where he has been playing in the academy. Um, he has played that position a lot. It's definitely a natural position for him. Um, he doesn't play it the same way as as Handro. He's not as he's not as like he's not a playmaking pivot as I mean Handro is like extremely good with the long balls and, yeah. and the passes between the lines. But but Nico is is just extremely calm on the ball and he physically like you don't get past him. Um, so so yeah, he has a lot of abilities on the ball, which makes him which makes him a, a valuable defensive midfielder. And like he's just continued and he's been injury he's not had any injuries as such and just and yeah and then uh, throughout the season uh, Koeman uh, Koeman has really uh, noticed him when whenever he's watched Barca B so, so Koeman has a has a has had an eye on him and of course now it doesn't seem that seem like uh, seem like he's going to com- continue on the first first team bench but I mean the groundwork has definitely been been laid and it's just and it's not just the, the first team coach that has been impressed. I mean he's been given an an extreme sign of confidence by the club. Uh, like I guess if he's been signed for the first team, you know, with the 
with the photo shoot. I mean, it was signed by the president um, together with the president. And right. Give it, he's been given an extremely big, uh, an extremely big release clause. Um, besides the fact that he'll be in the first team dynamic for next season, so we get a preseason and. I don't know. I want to see more more than than just him being in trainings because I think that he'll be needed uh, if if we don't get a, a a backup, a proper backup for for Busquets. I think that I think that we we could play him, and I and I hope that he will show that he has the level to be exactly that for for next season because I I think that he'd be great in such a role. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's the wrap on Nico Gonzalez. So we have so many players to get through. Uh, Naveed, I think we're going to pick the piece, the, the pace up a little bit. So almost we almost go back and forth a little bit about the players that want to talk about because for Barca B, the basically the next list. So I want to mention all the players that I think could see time with the first team next season, and then you could add maybe a few lines on each and how likely you could see them in the first team. Play of it almost like a uh, a game of Jeopardy or what have you, so or any kind of game. So uh, Alice Cayetano was the first on that list. Eight goals, three assists for him in a free roll. The question is, can he adapt to being a bit more positionally stable, stay out on the right wing? There are comparisons to Trincao. People say, hey, give Cayetano Trincao's minutes. But not only is Cayetano a little older, he's also an entirely different player. So I, I don't know if that's a like-for-like comparison. He was also injured on and off for about a third of the season this year, yet he still was easily, I think, the best player in the third division across any any team that I had seen. He had his stinkers like in the playoff, but Alex Cayado had I, they were he was the best player on the team. He was the captain, all sorts of goals. We already talked about uh, Hondro, so I don't think we need to rehash that. I already mentioned Conrad, and then the other two, the left back Alejandro Balde, whether out of need or just because he's just about ready, uh, and then uh, Arnau Kamas, who came back from loan this season. He was at Olat, so I mean, you all thought that he was in the complete wilderness, and yet he's turned into a pretty good center back. Uh, and then, of course, Inaki Pena and Arnaut Tanas, the two goalkeepers who were in the first team dynamic and traveled with them for so much of the years, the third and fourth goalkeeper. Uh, so not only uh, from that list, do you believe that we could all see time, uh, they could all see time on the first team? And is there anybody else from Barca B that you would want to add to the list for next season? If you love listening to us here on the Barcelona podcast, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard with Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Uh, So Collado, he's definitely going to be a a first-team, registered first-team player for next season. Right. Whether or not he'll stay or go on loan, uh, it's unknown. We'll see. I mean, he'll he'll be with the team in in preseason and and hopefully impress. Um, Of course, he's not he's not the exact same same type of player as as Trincao. But I think people are are more like thinking about him just being in the squad instead of him. not that he's not that he'd be a good right wing back in yeah, like that's the position that Trincao has been playing uh, in desperate in desperate times throughout games. Um, but but no, he he could definitely replace him in the squad at least. Um, I think that I mean, if there's any player who's deserved it the most, it's uh, it's Criado because he's had three consistent like three seasons where he's been among the absolute best uh, B players. Last season he arguably was the best and he's been the same this this season um and and in, the, in those three, three seasons he's played as a right central midfielder in two seasons like in the in the 19 season he was a left winger for the most part of last season and this season he's been a right winger so it just tells you everything about his versatility as well uh, he can be used in, in a lot of different ways uh, so if he can just keep his level um, like if you can keep if you can keep a good level, I think that he'll be very useful. And he, you said stinkers. I mean, I think he only had one stinker. Uh, unfortunately, he 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 chose to the playoffs. To yeah, have it in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I agree. Um, <laughs> unfortunately for Barca B. Um, but but yeah, he, he'll definitely be at least in the first team for the throughout the summer and, and I hope that he'll he'll stay. Uh, he really he really deserves it. Um so there was oh yeah Alejandro Balde. Um mm. he's a bit of a uh, he's a bit of a uh, wild card at the moment um because he'll I mean he he's he's very close he's very close to be like a first team player like a like or, or like it being the first team dynamics. Yeah. Um, but he has I think that it's a bit too soon I mean I think it's definitely too soon for him to be a first team player that's, that's for sure he, he still needs to develop that he's like 17 and, and, and shows regular inconsistencies as well as regular like 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 regular top level he shows us that as well but but he but he needs to become a regular first at varsity he's like Pimienta has been mixed, he's been like switching between using him and and Mika Marmol. Uh, Mika is, is decent, but he's nowhere near first team potential for me. Um, so uh, Balde, Balde needs to become a regular at Barca B and, and play more and, and learn a lot more. Um, but there is talk of him being in, in the first team dynamic for, for next season. And he's also gotten a, like he's gotten Jorge Mendes as his agent. So I think that that, that helps him as well in, in, in ways that we that we are not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also tells you that, that he's a player with a lot of projection. Uh, and, and one day we, we will hopefully see it. For now, I think that he'll 
at, at best he'll be in first team projection, uh, first team uh, dynamics for next season. Um, but but I don't think that he'll be the first backup uh, after Balde, after Alba if we sell Firpo. Um, but but yeah, let's see what what happens with the first with the first team left back situation. It's a bit complicated at the moment, as it seems right now. Um, but yeah, I think that at this time next year we'll we'll hopefully we'll have uh, hopefully he'll 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 have developed like continued his development and also gotten his first team debut. I hope so, and shown that he's worth being promoted for the like the summer of 2022. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that just a final note on on Balde. Yeah, he had that dislocated shoulder to start the season, and I think not getting the proper preseason for Barca B. You know, if you think that not getting a preseason for the first team players can throw off the rhythm for a season, it's double when you're 17 years old. So the injury there, then he was also injured again in oh, was it two months ago for a few weeks, a little bit of a setback, not with the shoulder, but a different injury. So yeah, the hot and cold for all these young players certainly is not helpful to their development. But one guy who did stay healthy, I guess the final one, if you have any other players, would be Arnaud Kamas, who was, he was the bedrock at the back for all the injuries. Arnaud Kamas was healthy all season long. I thought he was, for me, he was much, much better in the fall. That's why I thought he would maybe going to get a call up when there was the injury crisis. But instead, Oscar Mingetha, who, I mean, for, who you and I had talked about before, kind of came out of nowhere as the elder statesman on Barca B, but a player that we never really saw having that first team potential. But yet here's Mingetha taking that spot instead. But that said, Arnav Kamas is still, I mean, he had still had a good season, but I, I'm not sure about the center back depth. With uh, maybe a guy who you've heard of. Have you heard of Eric Garcia? Naveed, of course. I, I say that in jest if anyone follows Naveed on, on Twitter. Um, but if he were to return to Catalonia, uh, it seems like a lot of center backs there for Anel Kamas to even break through next year. So you might not be, we may not be speaking about next year, but we might be speaking about a, a long term depth option. Yeah, he's, he's definitely shown to be a, a solid player. And, and from what I know, he's also a very good, uh, like a, a great professional. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a very serious player. Um, so he's, some, he's someone that Pimienta will be very happy to be leading uh, the back line for next season. Together with Roger Riera, I hope that he, I hope that he sticks around as well. Um, and Ramo, uh, Mingo Ramos, um, who also, um, yeah, he, he also did pretty well. Um, I don't think we should rule out first team involvement for him next season either because he's a left centre back and, and mm-hmm. he, he can still grow a lot as well. But Arnau... Yeah, I think I think that we perhaps we won't see him next season, but but he's a uh, he's definitely a player uh, that that we might be hearing more of uh, in the next years. And he he didn't have a great he didn't have a great spring, but he played one of his absolute best games against uh, Murcia in the playoff. Uh, he was prob I mean, except for Inaki Pena, he might he might he might uh, maybe maybe he was uh, Barca B's man of the match. But but yeah, in Akipenya, um, it's it's definitely worth talking about because he'll become Tushtegen's backup. I mean, that's that's pretty much that's, that's pretty much for certain. So he'll be a first team player. The question with regards to him is whether or not um, is whether or not the uh, whomever is going to be first team coach is going to bet on him for the Copa del Rey. Yeah. Um, yeah, whether or not that coach will will believe that he'll be ready for that uh, maybe he'll get the the first game or the first two game but, but but yeah it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tricky situation because all the other backup all the other um, 
second goalkeepers that we've had for quite a few years now. When they came to Barca, they um, okay. So we have to go way back. I mean, okay, with Pinto, um, and um, yeah, so with Pinto, he was a he was a he was a, he was one of the best goalkeepers in Spain already when he when he joined. Uh, with Tostegen, he was a very very talented. Uh, goalkeeper with several years, several years in the Bundesliga. Um, with Neto, he's also an established La Liga goalkeeper. So all these, they were very qualified for being. Uh, I mean, in terms of the level that they had played in. But in Yakupenia, he's coming. He's coming from with only Segunda P experience. So it might he might not be better on. And I think it it would be a bit of a shame. But but he's also. A bit unlucky because maybe a loan to to the next best league uh, to Segunda A would would maybe help him help his development more. But of course, you don't say you don't say no to be um, be Barca's second goalkeeper. But in mm-hmm. fact, I think that Barca B's regular goalkeeper for next season, Arnal Tenas, I think that he has the better chances of challenging Tostegen one day. Um, I think he has a higher ceiling. Um, although we we are still yet to see him reach the same level at Barca B as Iñaki Pena, Iñaki Pena was also a bit slow to to become. It took him yeah. it took him a bit of a while to become a, a regular, undisputed regular at, at Barca B. But when he when he became that, he he just showed that he just showed the talent that that we've all known that he's had. But with Arnaud Tenas, especially his his couple of years at at Juvenil, uh, a, he's been like absolutely outstanding, and he was absolutely outstanding for the Spanish under 17s who won the who won the Euros, yeah, a couple of years ago in Armenia, um, and and I think that he has he has like more than first team potential, like he's captain potential for the first team. He's, yeah, he's he's an absolute uh, monster. Uh, he's a bit small for a goalkeeper, actually, but uh, I hope that I hope that he'll compensate for that. Um, he's 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 going to be very interesting to follow next season for Barca B. I, I'm really looking forward to watching him. Yeah, Tenas to me has some of the quickest reflexes. So he is smaller, but he has some of the fastest reset reflex I've ever seen for a youth goalkeeper. And it's, it is interesting because he and Pena are just they're different keepers. They have different styles. They both have the ability to play out of the back shore. Tenas, I think, is a bit better in that regard or potentially has the best potential in that regard. But Pena, I think, just because of his length, he just he profiles more of a traditional shot stopper. But Tenas's reflexes get him out of a lot of trouble in the way that Ter Stegen, his best, gets out of trouble. Ter Stegen is also pretty tall. Um, but other than all the plays we just mentioned, before I move on to Juvenel A, did, is there anybody else on Barca B that you just even want to mention in passing for a few words or should we move on? I think um, not specifically. No, I think we. I think we. It, it would be good to spend some time elsewhere. Otherwise, like one detail about Arnaud Tenas is, uh, I don't think that technically he's better than Iñaki Pena with his feet, but mentally I think he's better for a, mm. a goalkeeper building it up from the back because he's absolutely fearless. Yeah, I mean he's he's very much like Victor Valdez. I mean even Tostegen, like he's so good with his feet, but sometimes he just hoofs it because I don't know why I mean he's he's not played it out of we've, we've just not been playing out of the bag as much as as we used to and Tashagan has hasn't uh, which which I find find a bit real weird but but Tenas is exactly like Valdez he's also a madman like Valdez I mean he's yeah. he's a crazy character as, as, and and we saw it in the youth league final against 
against Chelsea a couple of years ago uh, where he made a massive mistake with his feet and cost a goal. But like the yeah. minute after, he, he, he did the exact same thing and he even made the exact same error, but it just continued. And he, like, he's, he's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I think that this mentality is what's going to get him, what's going to get him far. If he, if he'll make it at the top level, it's, it's the mentality that that's, that's going to help him a lot. Yeah. One of my, that's also why I'm, I'm certain. That's also why I'm like, I'm not even questioning the fact that, that I think that he has a higher ceiling Mm -hmm. than, than, than Pena only because of this mentality. I mean, that's going to give him the edge, I think. Yeah, one of my tells for youth goalkeepers on how crazy they may be or what they're capable of between the ears is he wears the t-shirts. So he wears the short sleeves more than he does the long sleeves. And that's the tell that when I look through Tanas pictures or when you watch them in the youth league, when you're playing with short sleeves as a goalkeeper, it says something about, about how crazy you're willing to be. But all right, that said, let's calm things down with the Juvenile Oz. So that's going down one level from Barca B. Um, now, unfortunately for them as a team, they may have to settle for second in their division behind Espanyol. Um, they've also seen a change of manager in February, going from Frank Ortega, who went to the UAE, to Sergi Mila. To me, though, um, Navid, I still, obviously, regardless of where they finish, regardless of who the manager may be, and uh, I think Sergi Mila is trying to figure things out, because the best players for this Juvenil A squad this season were the players that were getting called up to the Barca B team. Namely, Jose Marsa, the captain at the U19 level, the center back slash right back slash left back who can play all over, played eight times for Barca B this year. And then you have Ilasha Komash, who started with uh, Barca B a bit more. He kind of has to work on his finishing touch, but he is, I think, maybe the best creator, the best uh, kind of free roll attacking midfielder, picks the ball up and then watch him go, energy, a lot of different things he can do with the ball. And then Gabi, 16 years old, but 17 matches played on the year, contributed to a goal every 116 minutes, six goals and five assists himself, playing both as a defensive midfielder, a box-to-box midfielder, attacking midfielder. You ask, you, you ask where him wherever he can go in the midfield, Gabi goes there. Two appearances for Barca B as well as a 16-year-old, where he, I don't think he looked out of place. And then the, the, four, uh, the final four would be Angel Alarcon, the 16-year-old left winger, who can also play as a striker and a, and a right winger. Four appearances for Barca B for him. Because I think he's just, as attacking prowess, that's what Garcia Pimienta needed. Uh, and I think he added a little bit of that. So, I mean, Gabi, Alarcon, and Akomash, all 16 years old. And then Marsa at 18. I mean, well, 17 to 18 this year. So those four, as much as Juvenal A, and remember, Juvenal A is usually 18, 19 years old. Juvenal Bay is 17 to 18 years old, and sometimes even 19. And then Cadet A is 16. And yet, so for Gabi and Alarcon and Akomash... It would. It's not crazy that they could play for Cadet A at the moment, and yet all three of those debuted for Barca B this year. So as much as we have all these other players to talk about between Juvenal and Juvenal Bay, I think the buck kind of stops with these three plus Marsa because I mean they clearly are being, <laughs> they're clearly above the rest of their contemporaries at that age group. Yes, yes, I would, I would, th- I would, I would say that as well. Um, I would add Diego Almeida, center back. Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, let's just go through them because. They're they're a bit different, um, also in their development. I think like all five are great, but there's just one of them who's simply a class or two or three above, um, and he's shown it all season as well. Like both in terms of re- regular performances, but also in terms of general potential, perhaps. I mean, Gavi. Yeah, you're, I was you're speaking Gavi, of the one yeah. from Real Betis, <laughs> the the one from the uh, the Andalusian player, yeah. Yeah, I'm speaking about Gavi, uh, Pablo Paez Gavi, um, Pablo Paez Gavira, but he, he, his nickname is Gavi. 
<laughs> absolutely amazing player. Uh, he's definitely um, he's definitely the like the La Masia player that that people can can expect the most from in the next years. Um, if he got a first team preseason, he would impress already. I think it's not a long shot. Um, I think I think he would do that actually. Um, but, but and and you said he didn't. You said he didn't look out of place at Barca B this season. I don't think so. A couple of games, he was one of the best players on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, there's underselling him. Yeah, he he's a terrifying he's a terrifying talent uh, to to face, and, and we should be very lucky that that he has continued to develop. That that we've yeah, that that all of us who have followed the youth teams have hoped and prayed that he would develop. Yeah, I remember. He, he, he became like a household name in the 2015-16 La Liga Promises, um, where, where he just instantly stood out as an attacking, uh, two-footed attacking midfielder who scored a lot of goals. He scored some beauties, uh, especially in important games against Atletico Madrid and, and the El Clasico final, I think it was. Was that his first season um, to come over to the academy from, from Real Betis or maybe his first or second? He came over young, a second, definitely. Yeah, he came over at a young age. Yeah, he was I mean, very young. Yeah, he was very young. Um, but but yeah, now he's for me his best position position is left center midfield or right center midfield, like just that interior. Yeah. Interior. Um uh, and yeah, I mean he's he's gonna be a key player for Barca B next season. He's just gonna go straight in the midfield. Not even a question. Today there's been a rumor about Adria Bernabe from Manchester City, who might join the team as well. There's a bit of a we, we don't know he might join the team. Hopefully, he's a he's a good talent, and he left at the same time as Eric Garcia, so it would be pretty funny if if they both came back. Well, I think he did. Maybe it was a year after, but anyways, it would be pretty fun for the, for mm-hmm. both of them to come back to the club in the same summer. They're also great friends. Um, but 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 yeah, those two are gonna dominate the Barca B midfield next season. Uh, hopefully, hopefully um, Lucas de Vega will also play and, and stay injury-free. Um, but, but yeah, the Barca B are like, once again going to have great midfielders next season that we can all look forward to see at the first season. The first team, it's, it's quite absurd actually how many good midfielders uh, are coming up and have been coming up to the first team. Um, like even without counting, no, but like, yeah, I mean, Manchu even deserved some first team game last season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been doing decent at, at Girona in the, in the next best league. But, but yeah, Gavi, Gavi, uh, he's, he's going to be a treat. And I think that, I think that the moment that, that, that the first team coach sees him on a regular basis, he'll, he'll want him in trainings and he'll, he'll get him, uh, he'll give him, uh, he'll give him, We'll give him a few minutes for the first team as well because he's a breathtaking ta- talent. He's uh, definitely um, the most spectacular one. But um, but yeah, the next like the like another spectacular talent that we, on the other hand, expected expected as much from but didn't get that much as Gavi this season is Elias Elias Ahumach, um, who has been dubbed the next Messi, uh, the Moroccan Messi, whatever. Yeah. I mean, even by the La Masia director, uh, Patrick, Patrick Kluivert, who was stupid enough to 
to tell on national radio that he had like he had just been given the Barca, the the La Masia directive uh, direct, directive job, and then he went on national radio and was like, "I have seen the next Messi." Yeah, and it didn't take long, and it didn't take long for journalists to find out that that it was Elias that he was talking about, whom at the time was at he was at Cadet was last season, and he was absolutely spectacular. He had had a, a couple of seasons where he had just exploded uh, to become one of the most impressive. Uh, talents in the academy and and this season uh, he started out pretty well and he he played he played he played Barca B games as well he got some cameos um, but he has he has shown some inconsistencies that are completely normal at this age. Yep, he's but 16. In terms of dribbling, yeah, he's 16. Yeah, and and like compared to the players that they're playing against at under 19 level, but in terms of dribbling and in terms of work ethic uh, he's been superb i mean he's one of the best dribblers we've ever seen in la masia i mean he takes on three four five people players at once he can easily do that his main problem has unfortunately been his output his uh, like his efficiency in front of goal yeah. um he, he needs to work on that but you know as soon as he works on that i mean real madrid real madrid fans have said that about vinicius i think in kind of the same situation for Elias at Ronald uh, A this season, like, like an absolutely extraordinary player on the ball. Um, no, nobody can take the ball away from him. He can take on so many players, that be a great danger. But in front of goal, um, he's, he's lacked a lot. And it's just not, not just a little bit. I mean, it's like whole games where he, he hasn't been able to become dangerous in the box. And with his qualities, he should be. Definitely should be, and and as soon as he uh, becomes that, he'll be very dangerous. Whether or not he'll be a regular B player next season, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure whether or not I should predict that he'll become a regular Barca B player. I think that he'll still be a registered Juvenil A player. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully he'll. I mean, it's definitely to be expected of him that he will become a regular uh, throughout the season, and that we will see a lot more of him. Hopefully, uh, this is just a. Uh, a transition season for him, hopefully. I mean, we've seen so many talents have these. I mean, it's completely normal. Like, it's nothing to be yep. especially worried about. Um, but, but, but yeah, hopefully he'll hopefully he'll continue to to develop. Um, and he's also he has a very good relationship with the coach, yeah. Sergi Mila. So hopefully Mila will also stay, um, so we can see Elias uh, improve even more. Um, and then there was. And then Alakan. Yeah, he's probably Angel, yeah. mentioned. Just because Angel, yeah. I I can see him being with Barca B next year. Not but still registered with the U19s, but I could see with Alakan making more appearances for Barca B than uh Comas just because he just physically a little more ready for it. He's not necessarily I I don't know. Uh, maybe I wouldn't say he's a clinical finisher, but he does so much as a forward. He's supportive to runs, mm. he creates space, he gets in behind the defense. Uh, and he kind of does everything that a, Bar- a Barcelona forward is being asked to do. I mean, is that, is that correct? Um, yes, he, he does everything that is expected. Uh, I believe he was, he, I believe though that he was a lot more clinical in the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, he's definitely a player to be like that we can expect to see at, at Barca B next season and who will hopefully also uh, impress Garcia Pimienta. Um, his colleague in attack, 
uh, Diego Lopez has actually mm-hmm. been uh, pretty very clinical. Actually, he's he's a bit of a like a bit of a he's a he's a nine like a nine nine. Yeah, Alacon can also play as a nine, but 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 Lopez is nothing but a nine, um, and he has he's he's gotten some good numbers uh, this 12. season, and he'll be yeah twelve yeah, goals, 12 for, goals for Lopez, and remember he also yeah. came over from Real Madrid two years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, and he and he. He he had two years at Juvenil Bay actually, mm-hmm. uh, where he did where he did uh, pretty good. So so this season was like he was just expected to be a regular at at Juvenil A, and he's also showed that that he that he can perform at that level. And I don't have like extremely high hopes high hopes for him next season, but he'll be a registered B player for sure. Angel will also play for for Barca B. I'm I'm sure of that and and probably more than Elias towards the beginning. But I hope that 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 both of them will be regulars towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, and help them out. Um, and then Diego Almeida, uh, the centre back, he's one of the best ball playing centre backs we've seen in La Masia for for a long time. He he like just like Anautenas is crazy with with his build up passes, like he never gives up and always plays the um, uh, the risky passes whenever needed. Uh, Diego Almeida does that, that as well. He breaks the lines all the time, um, and he uh, he and he he started out pretty bad this season. Um, he didn't play as he didn't play that much on the Fran Artiga for whatever reason. Um, but he has a he has been playing a lot more on the on the Sergi Mila uh, and has been very impressive. So, but this is also his first Kuhnel A season. Um, Last season, he last season he was also at Hunel. He also, I believe that he was promoted to Hunel A, but he he, if I remember correctly, he just didn't show the level. Um, so he played more with uh, Hunel B, but he has moved. He has developed uh, very nicely, um, and we might see him at at Barca B as well next season. Yeah, and a, re- a reminder for Almeida is he's still just sixteen. Remember too that he's playing with Juvenal A for the U19s, and he's still just sixteen. And I agree with those points. And uh, yeah, the other four that impressed me, well, so Musa Indie, the 18-year-old Senegalese center back from the Aspire Academy, was supposed to be with Barcelona B, but he's had a pretty bad adjustment period. So he's played with Humanel Oz, and that's been interesting to see that partnership in the latter half of the year. And then the other ones that have impressed me were Miko Juanola, Chus Alba, and Zacharias Gailan. So I've kind of wanted Gailan and, and Alba to succeed. Chus Alba I've liked for a long time, but again, there's so, so, so many midfielders. You can only have so much time and so many spots for all those midfielders. But the, the question I want to ask next before we go even younger, Naveed, is uh, you brought up Diego Lopez with Juvenal A. 12 goals, again, uh, coming over from Real Madrid two years ago and really is a number nine, a classic actual number nine. And then there's Fabian Lucy, who also plays with Juvenal A, who is supposed to be the big 16-year-old arrival from Raya Valcano last summer. But for one reason or another, it just didn't take yet. You can blame most of the months of matches being canceled and uh, it takes a while to kind of get yourself figured out. And then like Louis Barry, the other one who's now doing well with Aston Villa, but just never seemed to fit in Catalonia and left. So the question people always ask you and they ask me and we see it online is that why doesn't, for all the midfielders that the academy produces, why is it that number nines year in and year out? I know it's such a complicated question, David, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Diego Lopez, again, he's not truly even fully from the academy because he was taken from Real Madrid as a, as what was he, 16 when he came. Right, so I mean, it's just the strikers. Just it doesn't happen. Yeah, they they tend to have 
issues whenever they um, actually not usually at, at under 19 level. I think Lucy is a, as you say, he's a transitional, like he's in a transitional year for him. He, he's getting, he's, he's adapting. And I think that he'll be a good player for uh, Honolulu next season, a more mature and regular player, I think. Um, but, but yeah, there is just something. Um, there's been a lot of different theories uh, as to why. Um, one of them might be that, that the first team, that there's never any r- real room at the first team to just, yeah, for this, I mean, obviously we've had uh, Luis Suarez and, and Leo Messi occupying those spots for the last 11 years, 12 years, of, and then some other two. You know, I mean, it's not, an, it's not a good single, like, single position for a youth right. player to, to come up. And usually it's completely normal for the first team to sign these superstar nines. Um, but at the same time, like questions has to be asked. Like the question has to be asked. Um, I think that I think that the way that we develop players at La Masia um, is not good for nines who want to be like world class number nines mm-hmm. in Europe because those nines tend to have like an, an individualistic edge, if that makes sense. I don't know mm-hmm. how to define it. Um, but 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 we don't see that often whenever these nines go to senior level. Um, we saw it we saw it briefly with uh, we saw it brief, brief, briefly with Munir Munir El Hadadi uh, mm-hmm. in the in, in 2014 when he came through Barca B and the first team and 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 did well. But but he stopped as well. Like he he, he just stopped stopped right in his tracks. And then Suarez came and and ended his his uh, his run of of uh, first team games, um, but 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 yeah, we see like this like there is a mental thing. Like I mean, the way that they're just developed is not it's not the way that that nines are developed elsewhere in Europe, where they are the main stars and the, the focal points of the youth teams. They're not in La Masia. I mean, those are the midfielders, mm-hmm. and like even to some extent the centre backs. Um, but um, so yeah, there. The, I mean, yeah. I mean, we saw Mauro Icardi, for example. I mean, he's he's one of these nines that have been successful in Europe. Uh, but he came from Barcelona. He, he was a he was a La Masia talent. Um, joined um, when he was like fifteen or something, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, maybe even. But he was a Junil A player, and he did very very well. Mm-hmm. Of course, he should he should continue according to the club. But personally, he didn't like the surroundings. He didn't like being a striker at La Masia, and he, he said this. And I think that his, I think that his, um, uh, what do you say? His um, his testament is very telling for nines in the in, in the Barcelona academy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not the focal point, and if you want to be like uh, a nine with edge, you has he he went to Sampdoria. You know, yeah. uh, where surroundings are completely different. I mean, he came in, he was a star for their youth teams and he went up with the first team and did well and continued to have a great uh, career in Italy and now in PSG. And so, so that, uh, I mean, it's very difficult and, and there's a pretty good reason. I think the reason is, is methodolo- methodologically. Uh, it's, it's not, La Masia is not the place where nines are developed the way that other nines are developed in uh, yeah. in Europe, and 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 of course that maybe there should even be a good thing. Like, why should nines be more team players and like 
developed methodologically in a different way and and why i mean yeah maybe it's just a, a maybe it's just a it's like a loss like a methodological loss and i just a methodological like the other side of the methodological coin that we see like we have so many good yeah we feel there's so many good defenders so many good goalkeepers because that the game is developing the way that like the game is developing to an extent where the goalkeepers have I mean, it has developed of course that the goalkeepers have to play have to be well good with their with their feet and now we see one promising goalkeeper after the other come through the academy yeah um, but with strikers it's it's just not the same it's just not the same and we've seen it um, yeah i think that's a, not a short answer but no, no, I, I think, I mean, even the last season, last summer, where the club chose to, in the Trincao deal, ship Avaruiz the other way, and even, you know, the what, last winter, it was, last February, it was Martin Brothwaite had to come instead of Avaruiz getting promoted, because even Avaruiz was, I mean, for, for my measure, other than Munir, the probably most promising striker or forward, if you will, in the academy, even though he struggled at Barca B level, but yeah, he was the most promising in the academy for the last 10 seasons. But Alvaro Ruiz obviously goes to Braga and is now looking better. But even he, who is seemingly always the next big thing as a striker, he's had to be a professional as a left winger, as a, as a center forward. So even those number nines at Barcelona's uh, in the academy have to be wingers, have to be uh, forwards. But all right, nevertheless, Naveed, let's finish yeah. this with... Basic- but there are some good ones yeah. coming up. There are some good ones. Yeah, like, there are always some good nines coming up, and, and we hope that that they can break the curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just need opportunities, and opportunities for nines becomes the biggest thing. It's yeah. confidence. It's putting the ball in the back of the net. So, uh, speaking of like, opportunities, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, goals like goals, and Abel yeah, yeah. didn't get those goals. I mean, and he had the perfect coach for him. I mean, he had like Garcia Pimienta had him at Tournol A as well, where he had the same issues, and he he worked with him every single day for so many years and it just didn't work. I mean, he didn't score the goals. Either. I mean, it's just goals actually. And, and mm-hmm. the mental, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very like single issue of the Academy is like, like that isn't just a coincidence. It's not just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, I think that in other areas, like our right back situation is a definitely a coincidence because we're, <laughs> developing so many good left backs um, yeah. but no right backs that's very odd but I think that's just like purely coincidental I mean the nine thing is I think it's that's uh, some very good reasons for that yeah I agree with that coincidence I mean there are generations of different talents at different spots and the left back right back situation is certainly like that so the final place I think to end the show is because we've been talking about Juvenal A and up, so and most of the players we've been speaking about, even the most promising ones, were 16 and older, meaning they're just about, uh, again, they're old enough to have that first contract, but not yet 18 to sign a professional contract. But 16 is basically where they're going to start to be playing Barca B, which is next season within the, the new third tier going to be it, a professional football. So Gabi is in theory played professional football and, and the like, so that's what we spoke about them. All the younger players and down. So now I'm basically going to do a name dump here, Naveed. And then uh, I know I'll give you a moment to kind of take in some of the names I said. You don't have to respond to each of these. I just want to kind of give you a name dump. And then if there are ones that you want to throw in too. So this is all the way down to, I start with the Infantil A and Cadet Bay level. Lamine Yamal. From Cadet A, we have Ico Bravo and, and Jorge Javier Espinal. They're again Cadet A. Alex Garrido is a midfielder for Juvenile Bay who's impressed me. Sergio Dominguez is a kid at A center back. I saw bounce back years 
with Juvenal Bay from both Fermin Lopez, who was all about size for him, and Jorge Alastui, who was all about injury for him. Uh, and then Hugo Alba and Arnau Pradas with Cadet Bay. And then I also have to shout out potential American midfielder Adrian Simons Gill with Cadet Bay and also Wesley Duell with Cadet Bay. So that was a bit of a name dump from Juvenal, from Infantile A with Lamine Yamal all the way up to the Juvenal Bay level with Alastui and Fermin Lopez and Garrido. So yeah, those are just some of the players that impressed me. So Naveed, I don't know how you want to do this. If you want to, uh, if you want to just basically, if you get a double check mark. So if you repeat their name, it means that they've got a full endorsement here on the Barcelona podcast. Or if there's other names that you want to say. So yeah, I kind of want to give you room in the is the in the final answer to again. We never want to hype these kids. That's the important thing here. We don't want to overhype players of this age because if they're 13, 14, 15, even some of them 16 or 17. But they're not ready yet. So that is that gener like Juvenel Bay and Down is like we, we really don't know. They might even not even be professional someday, but they haven't pressed me at, at their age group and, and that's what I'm referencing. Mm. Okay, so let's start one for your American listeners. Uh, Adrian <laughs> Simons. Um, there you go. He's yeah, he's uh, for his age he looks very complete. Um, like he, he can do pretty much everything in midfield for his age. Uh, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be next season at Cadaday, he'll be like one of the I think that he'll be like one of the players that are prioritized in the 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 the, uh, the their professional contracts. He he has to be tied up. Uh, he's he's a he's a good talent, definitely. Um in his team, uh, Arnau Pradas is um he's he's special. I mean he's um he's he's got like his numbers are very, very good for his his age. I mean, he has at least a goal or assist per game, I believe. Um, he was he, yeah, he got on. His, uh, he was he became famous in the, of course, in the La Liga promises where he became the MVP of the tournament. Uh, back then, he played as a left winger. Now he played mostly as a right winger. Um, just technically, absolutely brilliant. Um, he'll be he'll be good to follow. Um, a right winger to have hopes on if if Elias doesn't make it, um, and then I said so just the team built, uh, from below. Uh, Lamin uh, Lamin is definitely perhaps my favorite. Yeah, might be my favorite uh, La Masia player. Uh, he's he's a he's a he's a center forward, um, but but he can play. I mean, he can play anywhere because he's just very superior uh, at. At infantile, um, at infantile uh, A level, he should be playing regularly with the cadet B. I think um, he's way too good. I mean, technically, he, I mean, he's a he's a trickster. He loves he loves doing uh, his tricks, but but he's a he's not a an, like a an individualist or, or something like that. He makes these tricks, but he's he creates so many chances every game. Um, very creative player. I love I love watching him. I've seen him live a couple of times as well when when he was a an F7 player when he played seven aside, um, he was very good back then as well. And I reminded you uh, on 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 the yeah. mean that he's only 13 or 14. So again, this is the Barcelona yeah. podcast. We're used to talking about Messi, but that's a name that I put in the back of your head for five, six years from now. Even um, he's that yeah. young, but yes, he's he's been uh, he's been that good. Every every week on the Twitch stream when we're going through the top five academy goals, Lamine basically every other week pops up as one of the five top yeah. five academy goals every. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. And then like the main worry in for these 13 year olds that 
they're going to be good footballers. I mean, technically, they're going to be great footballers. Like, yeah, definitely. But the, the thing about them is whether or not they'll be good professionals. And I hope that Lamine will will uh, will become a, a great professional because he has he has all the like he has all the talent in the world. Um, another one from his age group that has all the talent in the world and who is playing regularly at Cadet B and who is actually capable of playing right back as well um, is Landry Fare, mm. um, who, I mean, he was so physically and technically superior at seven aside level that they just played him at left wing back, even though that he's actually a center back, natural center back, but they just put him there and that he, he could do whatever he wanted defensively and attacking me and he just did whatever he wanted. It was he was a cheat code. Absolute cheat code. Both him and Lamine were cheat code on that on that team. They were like ridiculous to watch. Um but but yeah he he's doing great at, at Cadet B. I mean he's two footed two footed defender who can play I mean even last season he played with uh, he played with uh, with the cadet B as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he did well. I mean, he's he's like physically very impressive. Um, but it could be fun to see him at right back um, because we need some right back talents. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll next season he'll play with cadet A and he'll probably be the most important player to renew uh, on that team together mm-hmm. with Arnaud Prades, I think. Um, so yeah, he, he scored a great goal earlier this season. If you just search for him, I mean, just cutting inside and shooting with his left from outside the box, near post, um, great goal. Uh, he 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 he's definitely one to to follow. But going up um, at Cadet A, the most promising player is probably their striker, um, Iker Bravo. Yep, and he looks like one of those. Like, like edgy strikers, uh, and I don't want to get my hopes too high because, as we talked about, like there is an issue with strikers in La Masia. Um, but he's someone who, who, who is just dominating so much and looks mentally uh, very strong. Um, he also works very hard defensively. Um, he's a great teammate as well. Um, yeah, and he has some edge to him. He reminds me a bit of Pablo Moreno, um, who was also a, like one of these kinds of strikers that we had hoped would break the curse. Then he went to Juventus, and now he's at Girona on loan from Manchester City. Um, I had I thought that he would like turn into like a much better player than he has uh, so far. Um, but but yeah, Iker, Iker is is a great player. Uh, I think that I think that he'll be. He he probably he'll, I I wouldn't be surprised if he was uh, promoted straight to Junel A mm-hmm. next season. But 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 yeah, Lucci Lucci is going to play a lot hopefully. So I I'm not sure if maybe uh, Junel B would be would be better for his development for the sake of his development. Um, and then for Junel B actually they've been the one of the best Amasia teams this season when undefeated in the league. Um, and um, and yeah, Jorge Alasue, who was injured yeah. for more than a year, uh, he came back and he's like thank an injury free this season. And he should have been with Juvenile. I mean, if he hadn't been injured, he would have been with Juvenile like two right. seasons ago easily. Um, but but maybe not two. One and a half year ago, he would have been. 
but but yeah, now he he's been playing a year, um, like a comeback year, like yeah. he, like literally the entire point of his season was to stay injury free and gain, uh, gain gain high level again, fitness level again. But at the same time, he has been absolutely crucial for them, and he's led their mid- midfield. He's a natural leader. He scored scored quite a few goals. Uh, I really really like him. Like he he looks like a great kid. Um, I'm. Yeah, I hope that I hope that his injury isn't like it hasn't affected him that too much. I mean, it definitely has. I mean, it's like a tragic story actually. Um, he was like he he kicked Xavi Simons out of the team back in the day. Like he yeah, it was that good. And like Xavi Simons, uh, of course, he ended up not being as good for his teams um, in his last couple of seasons before going to PSG. But in those seasons, Jorge Alasue was signed from Zaragoza, uh, I think, and he he just took immediately took over. Um, but but yeah, we'll see next season where his level is actually at, uh, like at at a at the highest level in at the under nineteen level in Spain. Uh, he'll gonna he's gonna lead the the Junale midfield for next season. Yeah, the partnership like, between Alastui yeah. and Chusalba was, I, I think, yeah, yeah. What, maybe the best in, I mean, maybe the best in the academies. But yeah, so it was weird to me to see them on different teams this year. But as you mentioned, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hubenel, A, again, Hubenel A is going to, again, is in second place in their division. And yet Hubenel Bay ran away with it. And I think Jorge Alastui yeah. basically playing one level and, down to recover yeah. is a big part of that. And then same thing with Furman Lopez. He would technically be with Hubenel A. But as we've spoken about before, yeah. he just didn't grow physically the way we expected him to. Yeah. But I, I mean, there was a bit of a bounce back year from him. And finally, his body started to catch up with what his feet could do this year. But he yeah. had to do that and stay with Juvenal Bay for that to happen. Yeah, and it's a bit like Ricky Pooch, actually. Fermin is, mm. Fermin's situation is like similar to like a replicate of, of Ricky Pooch. Um, very talented. Probably less talented, maybe. Um, I don't think we're going to... S- Honestly, I didn't think that that Ricky would would make it this far uh, mm. when he when he was at Hunel B because because he 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 was like degraded to another season at Hunel B and I was pretty worried for him. Um, same has happened for Fermin now, but his his talent is unquestionable, and I I just love the fact that there are still false nines in La Masia. Mm-hmm. Um, so question is whether or not he'll he'll play at false nine at Hunel A. Ricky was uh, converted to a a midfielder um but i love i love watching fermin i think that maybe he'll maybe he's even going to be a right left winger um but but i absolutely love to watch him he's like like personally without thinking like future projection or whatever i i i prefer him over anybody else lamin is a close second um but um but yeah fermin is, is great as well and i think yeah, the the first the first not the first team the Hunel A they're gonna end second probably, um, but we also have to remember it's one of the youngest Hunel A sides in like many many years. Right. A lot of first team first year Hunelists that means like they're sixteen year olds, and yeah. we saw it in the, like in the first game they had against uh, Espanyol this season when they played against them away it was like watching a youth team against a senior team. Like there was such a big difference in, in terms of physique. Um, yeah. And they, they lost both the games against Espanyol this season and, and it's going to lose the title to them. And it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, I mean, this is a very young team and next season, I think that 
A will be very, very strong. They're getting a strong, um, they're getting a strong Khumna uh, B side to complement the current Khumna A 16 year olds, except for Gavi who will be uh, like an instant RCB player. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but, but there is, there is some uncertainty about Khumna actually, like who's going to be the coach. I mean, maybe we can talk about that at another time, but, but yeah, there, there are some talks about uh, Rafael Marquez um, that he'll get Sergi Milas' job. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a shame because, for, I mean, because Sergi Milas is such a great coach, he's actually the best in the youth categories, I would say. So they better not uh, like let him go. I mean, he has to stay in some way. Um, but secondly, it it it's it might be uh, there. It, it might be there. Rafa Marquez might be their Garcia Pimienta replacement, and it just makes me sad just to think about to shape the the future first team players. But but yeah, next season is going to be very interesting. And you and you mentioned a lot of other players. One of them, and I, I think we should mention some goalkeepers, at least one, and he's the cadet cadet A goalkeeper. Under no, no, not under under Astralaga. He's he's their backup goalkeeper, but he's also pretty good. But their uh, the first goalkeeper Aaron Alonso, mm. um, together with Sergio Dominguez, centre back, Nico Takahashi, left back, and Ike Bravo and Jorge Espinal, uh, left winger, they all got their Spain uh, under 16 first first youth call to Spain. They're on the under 16, and and yeah, all all four four or five. Uh, they they're all. Um, the best uh, candidate players and they're going to be very important for for Junel Bay or Junel A next season. Um, but but Aaron Alonso, he's, he looks like another one of those kids who's like, their mentality is just top, top from mm-hmm. the start. Um, and I think that, that he'll be uh, perhaps even like, perhaps even he'll go straight up to Junel A because Junel B, the, they Maybe Ramon Villa will stay at at Juvenil A if possible. I'm not sure, but but yeah, he'll he's a good goalkeeper to to keep an eye out for. But Nico Takahashi, the left back, and also uh, Atman Aznu, I think his name is from from Infantil A. I believe he's someone who's broken up, broken broken through, um, and like he, another very talented left back. I mean, we have so many. Um, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, there's a there's a great uh, there's a great there's a great forward at Infantil B as well. But uh, but but let's save him for next year. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, Naveed, I need more content to talk to you. Uh, the more I can talk to you, again, we need to save some names and save some players. So yeah, I also want to someday talk, have that big discussion about the brain drain, about what it is for whether it was Man City or the UAE or the. Just that the number of youth coaches that are called away, that are signed away, and what that does to the academy. And that's a that's again that's a conversation and philosophy for another time. Because right now, Naveed, I think you've given us uh, more than enough to think about. So I will again want to say, as always, we're going to have uh, in the show notes. Make sure you follow Naveed on Twitter for all of your La Masia stuff, as well as being one of the uh, representatives of the Young Kool-Aids, which is I, I think I mean it's not hard to argue that on on social media it's maybe the most important youth account or La Masia account that, that exists on Twitter, I would argue. Uh, so Naveed, as always, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, thanks, Dan. Thanks for the kind words and for the, uh, yeah, for the appearance. It's always good to be here. Yeah. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Barcelona pod at, uh, for me at 
Hilton D13, close Facebook group, the Barcelona podcast, and ask those questions. Patreon, it's how we keep making these shows. We're on YouTube as well with those match reviews. And with this show with that Navid and I do, you know that there's also a, uh, a specialty, you know, breaking down the next breakout stars of La Masia video coming. So that's the Barcelona podcast on YouTube. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Support the Barca. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.